Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today we're going to see how we are to cling to God's sovereignty. So the synopsis of today's episode is that when God's people face hardship, they must fear him and trust in his sovereignty and his promises. So today we are going to be looking at Isaiah 8. So if you want to follow along, that would be greatly appreciated. And today's readings are going to come from the ESV. So, um, by the way, I hope you enjoyed your Easter Sunday and Easter weekend um, celebrating Christ's resurrection and defeat of death. Um, There is no greater joy that we as believers have than knowing that our Savior, Jesus Christ, reigns alive. Um, He is no longer dead. He has risen and he intercedes for us with the Father today. So today we are going to look at a few things. So let's dive right in. So first, we're going to see that for Judah, trouble adds on to trouble. So first, we have the Syria-Israel alliance. So we've talked about this in the last episode, but I'm going to review a little bit. So Israel and Syria, they were both north of Judah. And so they demanded of Judah to form an alliance against Assyria. Assyria was a big empire that hadn't quite gotten... Um, full steam yet, but it was clear that they were going to get there. Um, So they wanted to make an alliance against them. Um, So Judah refused, however. So they faced attacks from from Syria, excuse me, Syria and Israel. Um, They did this that way. They had more land, more troops, you know, that way they could fight Assyria more effectively. But Judah did not want to do that. So they faced attacks. Judah was attacked by Syria and Israel. and then Judah faced Assyria, um, Assyria the big fish. So remember those scenes in movies where there's a small fish about to be eaten by a bigger fish, but then a huge fish swallows the big fish? That's Assyria. They were the predecessors to the great Babylonian empire, and they were feared by all for their ruthless military tactics. So this was like, things went from bad to worse. Like... They, they could, they might be able to fend for themselves against um, the Syria-Israel alliance, but no way against Assyria. So Assyria, as Isaiah eight eight says, would eventually be reaching even to the neck of Judah, but God would deliver them. We're gonna see that in chapters thirty six or thirty seven. So this wave, wave of attack, um, really would go all the way to the neck of Judah, almost drowning them, but they would survive. And that's not because of their own strength, clearly, as we're going to see in chapters 36 to 37, but because of God. So Judah not only had attacks from the outside, but had godlessness on the inside. Now, they weren't all bad, but they did have mediums and necromancers, And maybe even more importantly, they had an inclination to look away from God. So next we're going to see Judah's response. So there are two types of responses that we're going to see, two different people and how they responded. First, the godly remnant, and then the sinful majority. So let's look at the godly remnant's response. So first, wait for the Lord. That was their first response. So what does that mean? Um, I feel like you've probably heard of that before. You've probably heard of waiting for the Lord. But what does that mean? 
So waiting for the Lord means being faithful on our part, knowing that He is and will be faithful on His. So a lot of times, we're not going to get the answer overnight. It's We're not going to pray, and then the next day, boom, there's the answer. Sometimes it takes time. Um, but we realize that God is faithful to keep His promises. And one of the biggest examples of waiting on the Lord is for Christ's second return. Um, obviously, Jesus has not come back again yet. However, we do know that He will. And we wait for him by being a faithful servant, by spreading the word, making his name known so that there are more believers, so that the gospel spreads throughout the earth. Um, and we see that the remnant in Judah waited for the Lord by faithfully keeping covenant with him, even when doom seemed inevitable, and particularly in chapters 36 or 37 where they faced invasion by Sennacherib. So next, we see that they also feared God. So a godly fear realizes God's power. Um, I was reminded of when we had Dr. Tom Schreiner come on, and we talked about a fear of God. Um, and I used an example from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where Aslan, um, he was the type for Jesus, um, he was described as saying he is extremely dangerous but he is good. And so that is God. That's how we have a right fear of him. We realize that he is indeed omnipotent. It's not we fear him because he is all-powerful, but we also cling to him because he is good. So the godly remnant realize that the powers of the Syria-Israel alliance and the Assyrian Empire were nothing in comparison to God's great strength. So they didn't have to fear the Syria-Israel alliance or the Assyrians because they were hiding behind God. Um, it's like we're at elementary, you know, where there's a school bully, you know, but you bring your dad to school one day and you don't have to be afraid of that bully anymore, you know? You've got your dad there, you know? You don't have to worry about that bully. Um, that's another way of thinking about this. So next, let's look at the sinful majority. So what was their response? Well, first, they sought mediums and necromancers. This was a practice clearly forbidden in Mosaic law. Um, look at Leviticus 19.31. Um, they also looked to the earth. So this is in sharp contrast with Psalm 121.2. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So clearly, they did not want to look to God. And as this passage tells us, they would curse God. They, weren't, they wouldn't just like ignore God entirely. They spoke evil of him. Um, it says they spoke contemptuously against their king and their God. They were enraged. So... Clearly, these, this was not a godly people. So, let's look at how this applies to us today. So, at the time of this recording, we are still at the pandemic. And so, I'm hoping that when you're listening to this, we are at the tail end of a pandemic. Um, I know the vaccine was is starting to be circulated at this point. This was recorded um, December 17th of 2020. 
So I I can't predict the future, but I'm I'm hoping that we're at near the end of this pandemic. Um, but you all have been through that pandemic, so you do know that we have faced a fair amount of adversity. Um, this is mo- the most adversity a lot of people have faced in a long time. Um, so we have had as a church a lot of adversity from the outside. Um, and God's people, the church has had adversity from those on the inside who plague it with unfaithfulness. Um, I think of Protestant liberals who don't hold to biblical inerrancy, who, instead of looking to the Bible for morals, look to what they think is right, um, condoning what should not be condoned, you know, um, having wavering in upholding godly standards of integrity. And so I look to those, and another people who plague the church from the inside are those who hold America to be God's chosen people. No, the church is. We can't confuse America and the church. We see stuff that plagues the church from the inside as well as the outside. So as we face adversity in and out of the church, we must wait for God by being faithfully obedient to him, evangelizing the world, and spending time in his word and in prayer. So that is it for today, and I hope you come back Friday, where we're going to see how God's people find ultimate fulfillment in Christ. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources, and like us at Facebook at Adopted Believers.